Hello, do you like New Japan Pro Wrestling? Are you a Shin Nihon freak? If so, check out the Super Jcast with Joel and Damon on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. And even if you fucking hate New Japan Pro Wrestling, listen to the Super Jcast anyway. Not just for our great show reviews, analysis, and pastrami sandwiches, mm-hmm. but there's also usually some dick jokes somewhere in the obligatory opening 30 minutes of absolute nonsense we chat about every single week. That's the Super Jcast for all the best talk about New Japan Pro Wrestling, crisps, and pornography. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Welcome to Jumping Bomb Audio. everyone and welcome back to Jumping Bomb Audio, the number one show all about the world of Joshi Pro Wrestling. My name is Taylor and I'm glad to be joined once again by my good friend Kelly. Kelly, happy post-Thanksgiving week. Happy post-Thanksgiving week. Taylor, are you ready for some scoops? Uh, sure. So a little, little birdie was talking to me. And they said that CM Punk is not coming to stardom. I mean, how could you say that? How can, they, you, know, he, how can you know? There were there were discussions. Uh, Rossi was talking to Punk, and Punk was like, "Sir, I don't speak Japanese." And talks broke and a, down. And a guy who doesn't really wear many hats. Yeah. Now that I think about it. No. Uh, doesn't wear a lot of hats. Are you saying he'll never come to stardom? It does not sound very good uh, for his chances to work stardom, and they could really use him right now. I mean, they could really use anyone. At the rate they're going, they might not have anyone to wrestle. Uh, yeah, so it was a huge blow to stardom to... Uh, to see CM Punk walk out in Chicago and Survivor Series. Well, I'm glad that I can now put in the episode description CM Punk so that we can get some, uh, we can trick some listeners into uh, listening to our stardom reviews. Brother, I know exactly what I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, the one thing that stardom won out on is uh, in the uh, the Survivor Series post-show media scrum, someone asked Triple H about Julia coming over, and he clearly had no idea who Julia was. So that's good. 
because he gave you know, a very long answer that involved him going like, you know, I didn't even know Joshi was was called that until like a couple of years ago. I just, it was just wrestling. It's just what we do, you know. It's like, I didn't know that that got its own name. You hear Joshi? I'm like, oh, okay. And you know, I just really want to work with the people that are like the best in best to what they do. So you you know, if they're good, I yeah yeah I didn't like to have him come over. So I'm like, okay. You got no idea who this person is. <laughs> add uh, add Triple H to the long list of Kelly's great impressions that he does. Uh, <laughs> could have sworn I was on the, not on the phone, but was recording alongside Triple H himself with that <laughs> impersonation of <laughs> Triple H with a, a Midwest accent, I believe. Yeah, really, really like love my best friend Sean. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right, thank you, Triple H, for uh, visiting. Oh, you're welcome. Also, getting added to the episode description. Um, but what did you guys are first hear about bomb- Joshi? <laughs> God damn it! Let me get the <laughs> plugs in. Let me get the plugs in, Triple H. I know you've never been here, but I have to do the plugs. Oh, I'm in the, sorry. At the beginning of every episode. I'm sorry. Follow I'll, us I'll, on I'll, Twitter. I'll sit back here. Follow us on Twitter at J-Bomb Audio. You can follow Kelly at Comic Kelly. You can follow me at Tay Mambo. Subscribe to us on your podcast app of choice. And if that app of choice happens to be Apple Podcasts, we would really love a five-star rating and review. And if you're feeling extra generous, you can donate to the show at redcircle.com slash shows slash jumping dash bomb Dash audio. All right, Triple H, are you ready to get into the rest of the show? Yeah, I'd really like to talk about this uh, Joshi wrestling thing. (laughs) Great. Well, we are going to talk in depth about Stardom's Gold Rush show, and then we are going to cover the rest of Stardom, all of Joshi, and do some previews of some big upcoming shows from Stardom, as well as Tokyo Joshi's. And let's get Right into it with Stardom Gold Rush. Stardom Gold Rush from November 18th at Iyan Osaka Arena in front of 1,033 fans. Uh, Triple H, if you could let Kelly back on to uh, let let me know his thoughts on the show overall. Yeah, sure. Uh, kid, come on in here. You gotta, you gotta talk about uh, the attendance. All right, thanks, Paul. I'll talk to you later. It's re- nice guy. Really nice guy. Uh, I don't know. I I feel like that's kind of a low number, but maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> um. Well, it feels like a show that was very cursed. Um, yeah. <laughs> as, uh, Who knows how many things... people got hurt on the way to the venue? Just fans, like, just got trampled or something and couldn't come in. I was going to say, you could probably put together a pretty killer show just with the people that are injured. <laughs> um, yeah. And also including the fact that um, I know at least one person who was on the show is now also injured because <laughs> Yuna Mizumori is now, I believe, out. Um, yes, she is. So the the inevitable toll of injuries continues. I just want to say, you know, there was all this talk, the replacement of the, the president of Bushi Road fight and all of that stuff. And discussion of the injury and there was mention that they're probably not going to do big shows in between tournament 
shows going forward, which I think in general is a good idea and yeah. one that we have advocated for on this very show. Yeah, no, it's it was clear they were going to burn out their roster one way or another. And here we are as people are just falling one by one. And it's like, you know, shame no one saw this coming. And you know, Maybe it's we one should of those be the things... presidents. <laughs> I think we'd work with Rossi very well. Yeah, we'd just go and take naps. It'd be chill. He'd have a great. We'd have a great time. Yeah. Um. I was going to say, I think that you know, a big thing is, and this applies to both the stardom, the people who are already in stardom, and also the people they brought in, which is a lot of people. I mean, outside of. They obviously haven't brought in a ton of people from Tokyo Joshi, you know, Mina, whatever. Outside of those people, who is the most frequent wrestler, like, in non-stardom Tokyo Joshi wrestling? And how often each month do they wrestle? Would you say? This is not a question I have the answer to. Yeah, honestly, but- it's probably Sayori. I feel like she's on every show all the time. But like, even if that's true, like, or you take someone like um, Itsuki Aoki, who wrestles all over the place all the time. I mean, how many times a month is she actually wrestling? Like, yeah, seven. Because you think, okay, maybe more than seven. You know, you think you do a couple shows a week. There's four weeks in a month. 10, 12 times. Mm-hmm. And then you're asking these people to be like, okay, now you're going to wrestle 15 times a month and they're going to be high end, you know, a lot of the matches on, you know, the mid card of a Sendai Girls show, for example, who I really like. This is not a dig against Sendai Girls. You're not exactly going out there in the second match on the show and like going nuts. Exactly. You're going out, you know, you might be in a six person tag. You come in, you do a couple moves and that's your whole night. Whereas a lot of the, you know, I know a lot of these stardom shows might be house shows, but during the five star, you're talking all these shows and a lot of these people are going out and being like, I have to go out and you have to do something in these five star matches. (laughs) You can't just go out and be like, all right, I'll do a six minute match where I don't really do anything. You know, it's a, it feels like a very different weekly, monthly in and out. And I think some of that may be related to why these are happening. You know, not that they're, It would be different if these were all like, oh, what a freak accident. You know, it isn't like, okay, they're jumping off this thing. Whoops. They seem to be a number of these seem to be, okay, you're wrestling a lot more and your body just wears down on you. Yeah, I like I don't think you just suddenly get a cervical hernia. That's something that happens over time. So, I mean, hopefully moving forward, they can find a good balance of, you know, doing these shows and keeping everyone healthy because it's best for the wrestlers. It's best for the company. So they're not having to randomly 
and frequently change shows and change their plans. Um, and, you know, there's also a part of me unrelated to, you know, sort of unrelated to that. I think them sort of finding a schedule of, you know, here's a big show, here's a big show in the way that New Japan does. You know, New Japan is not running a big show every two weeks. Yeah. You know, they sort of have their schedule like this is a big show. This is a big show. I mean, I would have to look. I haven't really looked at the New Japan schedule in that way, but I would say they're most of their big shows are what, six weeks apart? Yeah, I, I feel like it's safe to say they're about once a month. I mean, you do get the occasional where it's like destruction or whatever, where it's like, okay, there's like two decent sized shows kind of within the same week or whatever. But yeah, it's it's they're fairly spread apart. And we're talking about, you know, stardom. We're going to talk about Gold Rush here. And then we're going to preview a show that's coming up on December 2nd. So we're talking about, really, um, a fairly big show. There's a Corican Hall show that's happening as we record. is happening tomorrow. It will be, it will have happened by the time this episode comes out. And that's in a, what, three-week span? We're talking two big shows and a fairly sizable Corican. I mean, there's a lot going on in stardom yeah but kelly what did you think about the show at overall as a as a watchable piece of entertainment (laughs) i it was wonderful content that i consumed uh no i thought it was fine it was a pretty solid show there were some good matches uh moneyball is always kind of just goofy fun and it delivered I, it was weird because I was watching the show and halfway through, I was sort of like, I don't know if this is a good show, but I am enjoying it. And then I felt like the whole thing sort of went off the rails and I was like, okay, maybe (laughs) I don't like it that much. I did look on cage match. It is in terms of, you know, quote unquote big shows. And I know that they had injuries that changed the look of the card and who was on the card, but it's the lowest rated on cage match show in many, many months. Like I was scrolling through cage match. I mean, like um, Halloween night of terror, whatever that show was called was worse rated, but that is sort of different in terms of like the big presented, you know, this is a big show. It was clearly the lowest one in, quite a long time yeah i mean i can see that but it it was like it was a fairly easy watch which i give a lot of points to because it's like there's sometimes with these longer shows that will that have better matches like objectively better matches where i'm like i've been here for like four and a half hours i'm tired i don't want to do this anymore where it's like this was kind of just like in and out for the most part yeah, I think if if one of the I guess I'm sort of spoiling my thoughts here, but if one of the top three would have really hit for me, I probably would have been like, hey, this was a great show. Unfortunately, I thought sort of the worst parts of the card were at the top, which is sort of <laughs> like I'm having a good time. And then you're getting later in the show and you're like, I'm having less of a good time now. I'm enjoying I am this no less. longer having a good time. <laughs> Which is sort of like the opposite 
of what you want to happen because you want to be like, okay, the show's still going, but yeah, now the matches are getting better. And I just didn't really feel that. But like I said, I think it was mostly, I was entertained, even though I didn't necessarily think it was a great or, you know, I probably thought it was a good show. It was not a great show. Yeah, no, I'll agree with that. Well, let's kick it off. The show started with a match I didn't see, and I'm assuming that Kelly also didn't see, uh, which was the pre-show Irregular Battle Royal, uh, which was yeah, I didn't won see that. by... Which hey, Paul, was won Paul, by... did you see it? Did you see it, Paul? No, I didn't watch it. It's like, what's what's the regular about it? I don't, I don't get it. I, I, these kids, I don't get this. Oh, he's a... Um, old man yelling at cloud uh, <laughs> type. Uh, the irregular battle royal was won by Billy Ken Death, also a parentheses Fukigen Death. Lots of parentheses here. Uh, Billy Ken Death, who is Fukigen Death, um, parentheses Kira Yoniyama, defeated Lady C, Micah, Megan Bain, Mina Shirakawa. Miyu Amasaki and Yuna Mizumori in 14 minutes and 44 seconds after she eliminated Miyu Amasaki uh, to win. That was the pre-show match, but the first match proper on the show was the first of two Moneyball Tournament semifinal matches. Moneyball is back, and it was the stars trio of Hanan, Hazuki, and Saya Ida defeating the God's Eye team of Amisore, Konami, and Hanako, joined by Hanako, in 10 minutes and 32 seconds. Kelly, your thoughts on the first match here. When are they just going to let Hanako join God's Eye? Like, she she works well with them. She works good as a pin eater. Just, just let her on the team. Come on, guys. Stop the, keeping her at arm's length. Just let Hanako be your friend. Uh, overall, fine match. D- decent opener. I went three and a quarter. I enjoyed it. I also thought it was fine. Um, it feels like there's a lot of unit movement that sort of everyone is waiting to happen that hasn't happened yet. Um, a lot of people not in units who feels like who feel like they should be put in units at some point or should have already been put in a unit. Uh, but we'll have to see. The one thing I really noticed on this show was um, I'm not an expert on who makes all the gear for uh, Stardom wrestlers. I'm assuming they use a similar source, and I'm assuming they use a similar source because a lot of this gear is starting to look really similar to each other. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Hanako's gear here, Really looked sort of like an old Momo, um, old Momo fit, as the kids oh, would yeah, say. Oh yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Um, and the thing that really threw me off later in the show was, um, I don't remember if it was during the next semifinal match or during the finals, but I was watching the show and something was happening, and it was pitched in the way where I was like, "Wait a minute." Utami is not in this match. She's not in this match. No. <laughs> but I was like looking and I was like, but that's Utami's gear. And then 
the person like turned around or looked up or something. And I was like, no, 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 that's my soccer. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> they have identical gear. Like the gear looks the same to me. And it really threw me for a second where I was like, oh yeah, a lot of this gear is looking very, I don't know. There's a lot of like main event samey gear to me it feels like the people who sort of get out of that are the people who aren't being pushed like Saida looks different um hazuki looks different uh yuna looks different but it it feels like a lot of the gear is being homogenized in a weird way that i sort of don't enjoy because i like people having sort of unique yeah no i can agree with gear that that makes them stand out anyway that was my main thought on the match you know i think these money ball well i was thinking at the time a thought that maybe i don't have now thinking oh these people are probably saving themselves um because half of these people are going to have to have another match on the show you, exactly yeah and a ladder match at that a la- it's a thing maybe now I don't think, having seen the final, which I thought was sort of like, whatever. Just but a dumb, goofy was, match. <laughs> it was sort of in the moment I'm like, okay, you're having another match. Like, you're not going to go out here and, you know, go nuts. Yeah. Speaking of, the second semifinal match in the Moneyball, the second annual Moneyball tournament, the Donna Del Mundo trio of Julia, Mai Sakurai, and Tekla defeating the Oedo Tai trio of Momo Watanabe, Natsugatora, and Ruwaka in 9 minutes and 28 seconds. Kelly, I had the same exact thoughts pretty much on this match as the previous one. Perfectly acceptable wrestling uh, was my note. I did like Mai Sakurai. Uh, I do like Mai Sakurai slapping people with the money. Um, yep. I think that's a fun bit. Other than that, really had no thoughts about this. Uh, I really love this Donna Del Mundo trio. I think they're so much fun together, and they got what I, I a really fun match out of my least favorite Widow Tai trio. <laughs> like I went three and a half on this. I enjoyed it quite a bit, and I went into it expecting to not care for it much. So, you know what? I was pleasantly surprised. The next match was our first title match of the evening for the high-speed title new champion, May Sierra, successfully defending her title against Momoka Hanazono in 7 minutes and 18 seconds. I thought that this match was a lot of fun. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a pretty good bridge. You know, we sort of had the Azumi uh, serious High speed rain, then went into the sake, goofy, goofier sort of um, high speed matches. This felt sort of like a mix as you're sort of pulling out away from sake again uh, to sort of bring a bit of seriousness. You know, they had sort of the classic opening moments of scrambling around the ring, but also had Momika bringing out the bubble machine. Uh, Although it it felt weird that May had to sort of choke on bubbles that weren't being shot at her. Uh, I found that sort of odd, but 
I, I like this. It didn't blow me away in any way. Um, I thought it was pretty solid work. I thought the end, right near the end, they sort of picked it up to get to the finish. So I was in the sort of three and a half, um, maybe very low three and three quarters range. I just thought it was fun and thought it was the first uh, really good match on the show. Yeah, I ended up at a three and a half on this one. I think it might actually be my favorite Hanazono match. I'm not a huge fan of hers. I think she's solid enough, but kind of ends up relying too much on her various toys. And we didn't get a ton of that here, which was good. And Maceer is great. So yeah, I thought these two had a fun match. And, you know, 7-18, I think that's a the perfect kind of amount of time for a high-speed title match. So yeah, this this was a pretty good title match. It's nice to have the high-speed title kind of back rather than the the doldrums of the uh, Saki era. Kelly revealing he does not live in the Hanazone with Mm-mm. Momoka Hanazono. Not to be confused with the Hana Zones, mm. which is the Hana Hana Zono and Zones uh, fan club. <laughs> the next match was a three-way match: Azumi defeating Starlight Kid and Suzu Suzuki in ten minutes and fifteen seconds. Kelly, very interested to hear what you thought. Uh, about this match and then i have a little question and a bet for you okay uh i i feel bad for suzu that she got demoted from like the title match to just being in this random (laughs) three-way like that's kind of fucked up (laughs) and she didn't even win the (laughs) three-way like what the hell uh i don't know i thought the match was good like I went four stars and almost see that as a disappointment because I think these three could go out there and have a killer match. And yeah, it was very good. Obviously, I went four stars, but you know, I think these three could go out there and do four and three quarters. But I also have to wonder, now that I'm thinking about this and thinking about how the main event was kind of more just goofy comedy than anything... I wonder if they're being told, like, hey, take it easy out there. <laughs> uh, we, we don't need any more injuries. So, uh, slow it down. Grab a hold. Because, you know, that wouldn't be the worst thing. So, but yeah, overall, solid match. What what did you think of it? I, I enjoyed it. I was very similar to you. I went three and three quarters. It sort of was less than I was expecting, but... Not surprising, consider considering it was sort of halfway up the card, and I think the last match prior to sort of the business end of the card. Mm-hmm. If you think of it that way. I was also very shocked because I went into the match thinking, okay, Suzu's very clearly going to win. You know, she's yeah. going to have this title <laughs> match, keep her strong. You know, have her win over one of these two, probably Azumi. Um, so I was sort of shocked at the end. Um, highlight of the match really was Azumi going for the pin on Suzu. She was like sitting on her chest and Starlight Kid running from the other side and like drop kicking her into another dimension. It was like <laughs> she Azumi clearly couldn't see when it was going to come and just got blasted and like yeeted 
um, off the pin, uh, which I really love. But the question I had, and I had it even before the match started, and I don't know if you'll agree or disagree with me, but then I have a I have a bet, an over under bet. Okay. Is the reason that Starlight, you know, Starlight Kid has this new mask um, with the hair now showing. And my question is, have they planned this to sort of mentally start to prepare people for Starlight Kid to lose the mask? Yes, I think that's the case. Because initially I thought it was because of how hot it gets in the summer and that would just be like a cooler mask. But now that she's still wearing it, I, I think you're onto something in that it's kind of a half step to her eventually losing the mask. All right. My, my follow-up bet over, uh, over under. And I've, I've debated on sort of where to put this um, marker, but I will say over under Starlight Kid loses the mask before, I guess would be the under, or after the 2025 five-star Grand Prix. Oh, Jesus. Uh, I'm going to say before. Because that's... That's a full that's a full year. And if we're starting the I mean it's almost two years. Twenty twenty five is in two years. Yeah, um, if we're if we're prepping people to for her to lose the mask now, I feel like it's gonna happen within the next calendar year. So you're saying by the end of twenty twenty four it's gonna happen. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I just think things move so slowly. That. that's true but it could be fast i'm like i don't know maybe azumi defeated starlight kid here so they can you know because i would think who's gonna take it it would have to be azumi right probably most likely yeah unless they it ends up being a dragon gate style uh unit versus unit cage match where the loser loses their hair or mask but even then, it could be Azumi and Starlight Kid in the final bit of that match or something. Yeah, it just felt to me like I was looking at it and I was like, hmm. I think that's why. I don't know. Yeah, actually, people... Rossi, take that idea. Uh, Queen's Quest versus uh, Uh Dead or Alive cage match. Let's go. Uh, they have done a lot of good cage matches in stardom, so yeah, you just go I, full dead or alive, so. and with the the do the flags, have the people on the outside with the fucking rocket things that shoot out uh volleyballs at people, like just go all the way. Well, I guess we'll have to see. Put a marker in that one, uh, and we'll see if we're right or wrong. Uh, but the next match was a UWF rules match. Shuri defeating the Scandinavian Hurricane, which is, I guess, her official stardom name in, shockingly, 10 minutes and 15 seconds. Two matches with the exact same time back-to-back. 
So that's if wild. you said what if you said, wow, that last match, that was perfectly paced. You got a double treat here <laughs> um, with the same. Um, Kelly, I have a lot to say about this match, so I'll, I'll let you go first. Okay. Um, I Based on what I've seen online, and I don't know what you're about to say, I think I might be the only person that liked this match. <laughs> I don't know why. It... It just worked for me. I a lot of stiff strikes from both women. I thought the Scandinavian Hurricane worked well in this style and kind of felt like she belonged in there with Siri. I, and I liked it a lot. I went four stars. Wow, very interesting. Look, I didn't hate it. I'll get that out of the way first. I, I will say this, and I was really thinking this during the match. I really like uwf style i've watched a lot of it uwf uwfi rules there's a whole i think i've talked about this on the show before there's a whole series like a tv show on amazon prime or there was a few years ago of i believe uwfi stuff um that has like english commentary on it and is great and i highly recommend everyone if you have really any interest in the style to go and watch those episodes, I think it's like 25 episodes or something. And the episodes are 30 minutes long or something. So it's very easy to get through. The thing with UWF rules is that, and you know, when you're talking about like those UWFI matches that are all really good. And, but look, some of I say, they're all really good. Some of them are not good. (laughs) Some of them are slightly boring because that's sort of the way that if you're treating it like it is a quote unquote shoot fight, sometimes shoot fights are boring. Really watch UFC. If you ever watch UFC, some of those matches are some of those fights, whatever they call them are sometimes not that interesting because that's sort of the way it works, but that means everyone works together to sort of create a reality of we are doing shoot fights, even though, you know, these are not actual shoot fights, but everyone works together and you say, okay, that match wasn't interesting, but you're sort of in the world. And then when you get to the moment of the main event or a match, that's really good or a match that has a a big backstory of, you know, Gary Albright's coming in and he's never lost and, you know, who's going to be able to beat him, then it works in your favor. And then all of a sudden you can get these very exciting moments, these exciting matches where you're like, yeah, this is super exciting. This is really great. Even though, you know, in your mind, okay, this isn't actually, they're not actually fighting. This is like wrestling, but it is not wrestling. The thing that sort of bugs me most, and it happened a lot in this match, is sort of the match starts. They come out, they're like doing these sort of, you know, oh, I'm trying for a kick, you're trying for a kick. Oh, we're moving away, we're sort of doing some hand fighting. And then someone inevitably breaks out a move that you would never, ever see in an actual fight in any situation. In this match, It was the Scandinavian Hurricane doing a head scissors. 
999 times out of 1,000, you are not seeing a head scissors in a, you know, MMA, shoot fight, whatever you want to call it. And it becomes a thing where it feels like, and it's felt in the last few UWF rules matches, that they sort of get to a point where they're like, well, we've like done the grappling, so let's just sort of do a wrestling match to end here. And the minute it's a wrestling match, my mind, at least speaking just for myself, my mind goes, oh, this isn't actually a shoot fight, which obviously I know it's not. This isn't a shoot fight. It's just a wrestling match with stupid rules. Like, <laughs> if I wanted to see you do a fireman's carry, you know, a rolling fireman's carry, just do a wrestling match then. Don't do UWF rules. There's no reason for it because you're just doing wrestling. You're not doing, you know, proto shoot fighting. I think that's the thing that sort of throws me off always about these matches is it just eventually most of them turn into, oh, well, I've done the two or three things I sort of know about, um, you know, MMA. Okay, I'll just do a wrestling match at the end and that's how we'll and, and then I'll kick you in the head and that will be the, the knockout finish because it's a UWF rules match. Yeah, where it it just always it breaks your suspense in such a way where you're like, why? Why is this the thing? And I get the whole thing, Shuri, obviously, in UFC. But there's also no guarantee that someone being in, you know, have obviously, Shuri, very talented in MMA, clearly. But being talented in MMA does not guarantee you're a great UWF fighter. Just as being a great UWF person doesn't mean you'll be any good at MMA, as they proved many, many times over. <laughs> With a lot of those UWF guys who stunk when they did MMA. Like, you just have to have the mentality of we are in the reality of a shoot fight. We are not in the reality of wrestling. And there's a lot in the reality of wrestling that I think people don't, just because it happens all the time, that people don't think about as... Why would any human being ever do this if they're in a shoot fight? You know, the obvious one is like running the ropes. Why is anyone ever running the ropes? You would never in a shoot fight sit on the ground and say, kick me as hard as you can. That's a thing you can do in wrestling because in the reality of wrestling, it's a thing that's like, I'm tough and I'm going to prove to you that you don't affect me. If a UFC guy or girl sat in the middle of a ring in a UFC fight and said, I'll put my hands down and you can kick me as hard as you want. I guarantee nine out of 10 times that person is getting knocked out with one kick because <laughs> there's no, the, the person's not going to go, okay, I'll kick you right in the back. They're going great. I'll kick you in the head and I'll knock you out. You know, it's just sort of that thing where I'm not, I, I know there are a lot of people and Kelly, you sort of mentioned this before, a lot of people who have been like, oh, these UWF, you know, rules, I don't want them. I don't like them. There's this idea that this, the president who just left was sort of the proponent of them and will be getting rid of them. And I just think it's one of those things where it's just not being presented well 
in the way that they're doing it in stardom. I actually like the idea of doing these sort of things as a, a fun change of pace, as something different. You can sort of bring in people like the Scandinavian Hurricane who are sort of very different presentation-wise than a lot of, you know, very different than a Megan Bain or a Mariah May in presentation and sort of be like, oh, this is an interesting piece of wrestling that breaks up some of these sort of more stardom, you know, presented matches. So I think it's a good idea. I just think they haven't really gotten into the thing where it's like, this is UWF rules and we're doing, we're doing it. It just most of the time feels like we're doing a wrestling match and calling it UWF rules so that we can, you know, we don't have to do a pin and we can just do a flash knockout. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. And it's, and I've been saying for a long time on this show that Siri should probably win matches with flash knockouts, <laughs> like even just outside of this. I, I've been a big proponent of that. Like use her striking ability, like make that something that people should be afraid of. But yeah, I, I do, I do agree with you that these matches don't feel very much like UWF, but like, with this match, I think for the most part, I got a lot of good. It was a, it was some grappling and some hard hitting strikes, and that's kind of just what I wanted. So while it wasn't fully in the style, I was like, well, you know, it it was good enough. So that's why that's why I liked it to the level that I did. And I'm starting to really think that even though she was, you know, legit in UFC and stuff, Siri might just not be very good at this style of wrestling. Maybe it's because she's got experience in the real thing and she's just like well even if it were fake or, you know even if it were like the shoot i still wouldn't do it this way so uh, maybe she's just too in her head own head about it but who knows uh and what you were talking about reminded me did you ever watch any of the uh wxw ambition tournaments um, I don't think I watch Ambition. I did watch years ago. I did watch some WXW, but I was mostly like dropping in. But I do, I do know about the tournament. Um, I maybe watched one year. You, you were you reminded me of the time that a kid hit a uh, Spanish fly in the main event of the tournament, which is like UWF rules, <laughs> and everyone is kind of like, "What the fuck." Yeah, I mean, I think it's hard to, if you're a wrestler, to get in the ring and say, okay, you have to turn off all of your, like, all your ideas that you've been trained about, about wrestling, which is like, you probably shouldn't sit on the mat, like, rolling around for seven minutes, because people are going to be bored. But it's like, that's what happens. Sometimes you go down for a submission, and you're fighting, and you're you know, jostling. And it can be exciting. Kelly, when you and I were in Japan in 2019, we went to that um, hard Hard hit hit show, that hard hit show. And they had an actual like grappling exhibition uh, between two guys. It was an actual shoot like grab. There was no striking, but it was like really exciting. I remember that match. Cause it was like two guys on the mat fighting for position, like countering out of stuff, being able to reverse things like naturally in the flow of, 
you know, rolling around, trying for submission, trying for this. It was like legitimately, I was like, this is thrilling after thinking, okay, this is going to be a thing where they, you know, go down and they sort of lay on top of each other for five minutes and it's going to be boring. It was really thrilling. But I think, you know, obviously they were doing it for real, which is a lot easier. And I think some of the stuff with Shuri maybe, and is the case with a lot of people who are good at MMA, is that you come to wrestling and you're like, well, if I was actually fighting, I would just go and, you know, try and knock you out in two seconds, but I can't do that. So then all of a sudden you're like, okay, uh, what do I do? What should I do here? Uh, I could do a wrestling move. And then it, again, just turns into wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that being part of it where she's like, I don't want to like flashback to UFC and murder you on accident. <laughs> The semi-main event of this show was for the Wonder of Stardom title match. And you know, Kelly, I had just recently been talking to someone who has been going through uh, Stardom's 2023, watching some of the best matches from the year. And I mentioned that Stardom had really started to uh, move away at least certainly on the big shows, from Time Limit Draws. Yeah. So, uh, much to my surprise, Mirai and Sayori are now going to a 30-minute Time Limit Draw. Kelly, your thoughts? Uh, real boring. But Sayori bumped like a maniac for Mirai, so that was really the only real highlight of the match for me. Sayori bumped well enough to get a three-star out of this Phone, shut up. I'm not talking about Siri, goddammit. <laughs> Sayori, not Siri. No, god, f- fuck. All right. I'm going to stop talking. Three stars. I just... It felt like a... It felt like a 20-minute match with 10 minutes of... Like 10 minutes of one-minute finishing sequences. Yeah, like, kind of. <laughs> you know, you know the clue, the clue movie, uh how at the end they're like it could have ended like this or it could have ended like this. That's what it felt like for this match where it's like they could have ended the match doing this. They could have ended the match doing this. But none of them are the actual ending because we're going and I mean it's one of those things where the minute they made the call for I don't even remember what it was. I was like, ah, it's a time limit draw. It just feels like when the thing won't end and then all of a sudden they're doing time calls, you're like, okay, it's either not going to end or Mirai's going to win it in like 2957 or something, which is as good as a time limit draw. I mean, they worked hard, but it's, you know, especially as you mentioned, Sayori taking a couple of those clothesline bumps like directly on her head um it just felt very long it felt very very long it felt so long there's just something about it i don't know if it's that you know she's not really officially on the roster even though she spends a lot of time there it's another sayori match near the top of the card that just feels like the crowd did not care 
it 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 felt like they were clapping at the end out of sort of obligation. <laughs> um, also, could be that it was one thousand people in a larger venue, and a lot of the excitement might have gotten sucked up by the echoes. But it just felt like sort of polite claps for a thirty-minute match. You know, you know, Sayori's not winning. I would have put her chances before the match at about 2%. And so it's just this endless, like, Mirai hits. And then it felt for a long time like, Mirai hits this, Sayori kicks out. Mirai tries this, Sayori kicks out. What about this one? She kicks out. She hits her with another clothesline kick out. Uh, how yeah, it really felt like they this? went to the closing sequence like way too early and they're like shit well we gotta just keep it going and it was just like an endless barrage of Sayori I mean I guess it made Sayori look good that she kicked out of like 18 different things um, but it's just I mean it's like well Sayori I don't know what's going on backstage if she's saying, oh, I can't lose. But if she can't lose, then don't do the match. That's not going to work for me, brother. (laughs) Um, And it just, I was like, it it just is very draining to me. Um, (laughs) Like I would go like three and I don't know. I'd probably be slightly higher than you, like three and a half, maybe three and a quarter but it just felt. And again, it was one of these weird things where I was enjoying myself. Then we had the UWF rules match, which I didn't hate, but sort of annoyed me. Um, I had this match that again, I didn't hate, but annoyed me a little bit more. Uh, (laughs) So just like a weird end. And then we'll get to the main event, which I thought was just sort of nothing. Uh, But yeah, just very, very bizarre and a thing where to me it feels like mirai at this point still needs to go out and be like here's a challenger and i put you down and i'm showing that i am you know a champion i'm a worthy champion and i'm beating you and i'll show all of you that i'm actually the top of this company and her going to a time limit draw feels like well the people who you know, or maybe more critical, maybe they're not wrong. <laughs> uh, but anyway, the main That's from event... our booking meetings with uh, Rossi, where we're just like, maybe we're not wrong. And he's like, I don't know. Let me think about it over this nap. I'm like, all right, Rossi. The main event, the artist of stardom title money ball tournament final match. Say that five times fast. Donna Del Mundo Trio, the Donna Del Mundo Trio of Julia, Mai Sakurai, and Tekla, defeating the Stars Trio of Hanan, Hazuki, and Saeeda in 10 minutes and 27 seconds. Kelly, thoughts? This was fucking stupid, and I loved it for it. What a dumb, stupid match. You have stars out there in their MC Hammer pants. You have the stars team opening that one box only to have just a bunch of powder drop all over them. That was one of the funniest things I've seen in a long time. I I laughed out loud at it. It was so great. Just 
what Tony Khan's dream pile coming out of the the box all over him. That was hilarious. Uh, I love that the treasure chest that they got. That it was not the money ball. It was something more sturdy than it was last year, and they made sure it was going to be higher up so it wouldn't get smacked with a ladder. <laughs> and the fucking treasure chest is just full of Christmas tree ornaments for some reason. <laughs> like, it wasn't even the gold coins from last year. It was just Christmas tree ornaments for some <laughs> reason. Uh, Tekla got the win. That was cool, even though this it was this stupid match. But yeah, I had a lot of fun. I went three and three quarters. <laughs> I uh, <clears throat> I just have to say that I think the Moneyball tournament as a concept um, maybe should be retired. Yeah, it can go away. We never need to do this again. <laughs> I mean, the most notable thing about the first one was the comedy of the ball breaking open accidentally. That's the only thing I remember yeah. from last year was the thing not going properly. And this one, I mean, out of another box came, I don't even know what they were, donuts or something? Um, like brown donuts? Yeah, what were I those? I think those were, um, fuck, those were some, I'm, I'm pretty sure those were some kind of like nut or something. Because I've seen, I'm pretty sure uh, Big Japan had a match that involved whatever the fuck those things were. And they're like, kind of like, just like covered in burrs almost. It was like someone's um, specific like hometown themed death, death match. So I assume it's something related to Osaka. So it's like some kind of Osaka nut or something. Osaka nut. Uh, <laughs> and I think I was just so beaten down from the previous match that I just sort of watched this in a stupor and was, and then all, it was just over. I was sort of like, yeah. Oh, they had ladders, but really for no purpose other than to put one ladder up in the middle and climb it. Um, Which kind of goes know. more to my theory of they're telling everyone, Hey, take it easy. <laughs> Hey, we booked you in a ladder match, but please don't do any bumps with the ladders. <laughs> please. Yeah. Um, just use them to climb. They just had a pre-show or a pre-match agreement. Hey, let's not do anything with the ladders. Um, and I don't know. Just feels all meaningless at the end and whatever. But you can see what I mean. Just sort of like a three-match stretch of... Kelly, you liked the matches more than I did, but a three match stretch of sort of like what's g happening here. Uh, yeah. Very confusing way to end a show. Just thinking what, what's going on uh, instead of <laughs> a like, three match hey. stretch, especially where one of those three dwarfs, the others are in length where it's just like the 30 minutes of boringness surrounded by for you 10 minutes of you being like well this isn't right and then also the other 10 minutes of well this is fucking bizarre and meaningless being like well this isn't right but in a different way yeah uh, <laughs> but anyway that was stardom's gold rush show uh 
what else has been going on in the last two weeks of Joshi? Stardom also had their New Blood West One show. The newest Stardom rookie, Yuzuki, debuting in defeat to Momo Watanabe. Hanan and May Sierra went to a ding, time limit draw. Dun, da, da. They're back, baby. And but I will say that match did rock. Yes, and at least it wasn't a 30-minute time limit draw. Yeah, yeah, the 10-minute or whatever, that's fine. Uh, that was all right. They, I really liked how it seems like Hanan and May Sierra hate each other, and we don't know why, and it's, like, that's great. I love just, for whatever reason, these two have beef, and they're going to beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> and the main event of the show, Rina retaining her future of stardom title against... Hanako uh, in the main event there. In Seedling, they had a show on November 17th. The unlikely duo of Arisa Nakajima and Sari defeating Hiroyo Matsumoto and Riko Kaiju. That will uh, be important in a few weeks. Oz had a show on the 23rd at Suki Aoki retaining the Pioneer title, which is Oz's three-way title over Kyoko Inoue and Seriano. Not Seriano. Uh, in Tokyo Joshi, they had a show on the 19th. The Mountaintop, the big news there, Himawari and Wakana Uihara advancing to the finals of the Next Generation Tournament. And Max the Impaler retained their princess, international princess title over Shoko Nakajima. In Wave, their two tournaments, the Dual Shock Tag Tournament and the Regina de Wave Tournament continued. We'll talk about that more in the upcoming shows. Kelly, what else has been happening in the world of Joshi? Uh, over at Choco Pro slash Gato Move, we had their show Rivals on the 20th. Uh, main event was an Asia Dream tag title match between Best Bros and CDK. That's uh, Best Bros successfully retain their belts. Uh, solid enough match, but I don't know. I've seen these two teams have better matches. Still worth watching. Then over in prominence on November 15th, the main event had Vaney defeating Risa Sarah which is a match you don't really see every day. So that was an interesting, fun matchup. What is coming up in Joshi? Well, when this episode is released tomorrow, this show will have already happened, but Stardom has a Corican Hall show on the 28th, uh, headlined by the mini World of Stardom Tournament. Uh, which will find the other challenger who will challenge Suzu or whoever has the certificate um, later in December. That tournament will see Mina Shirakawa face off against Momo Watanabe and Micah face off against Ami Sore. The winner of those two matches will be in the main event to determine the tournament winners. Kelly, who do you think advances and who do you think wins it all? Well, it's got to be Micah, right? Yeah, I it's think the so. only one that, like, in out of these four, that makes any sort of sense in having any sort of narrative going into the match. Because <laughs> I mean, you just had those two have their falling out or whatever it was that happened. Uh, so yeah, it's it's got to be Micah. If it's not, I will 
be legitimately shocked. Uh, I thought you were going to say, eat your hat. Um, <laughs> I will also, never say I'm going to eat a hat because then I will have to eat that hat. Yeah, uh, that's a good strategy. I also am the same. Uh, also on the show, Utami and Saya Kamatani are returning in a six-person match. Utami, Saya, and Azumi taking on Suzu, Suzuki, May Sierra, and Megan Bain. That should be good as well. But then the next big stardom show on December 2nd, Stardom Winter Challenge uh, will be happening. Matches on that show. Nanai Takahashi will take on the Scandinavian Hurricane in a UWF rules match. Oh, a passion injection UWF match? Be still my heart. May Sierra will defend her high-speed title against Tekla. That should be a good match. Julia will defend the Strong Women's Championship, the New Japan Strong Women's Championship, against Azumi. Suzu Suzuki will put her World of Stardom certificate on the line against Hazuki. And in, well, may not be the main event, but it was listed at the top of the page. Micah and Megan Bain will face a, well, currently they're a mystery team, but a team to be announced later to determine the new Goddess of Stardom champions. Kelly, a pretty, uh, to my eye, a pretty fun looking show. Yeah, I'm into this show. Uh, Suzu versus Hazuki should be great. Julia versus Izumi should be great. Sierra versus Thekla should be great. Uh, that UWF match is going to happen. And the uh, Goddesses match could be cool, depending on who the X's are. I mean, the X's could always be like the Masked Crows and just end up being you and Nanae Takahashi, and I'd be real upset about that. But uh, odds are looking good on this one, that it should be a good show. The X's are going to be your favorite tag team of Ruaka and Natsuka Tora. <sighs> I'm trying to debate whether I would prefer that team or Nanae and you. Because at Nanae least... just comes out and says, I won a UWF rules match. I'm yeah. making this tag team match a UWF rules match. <laughs> tag team match player. Yeah, because at least Ruaka and uh, Natsuko, like that could be just really bad, but like in a fun way then. Whereas I I just think you and Nana are just the most boring team to ever team together. So yeah, I think I'd rather have the worst the the worst team than the boring team. All right. Well, we'll have to uh, wait and see. But what else is going on in Joshi? Uh, Tokyo Joshi has a December Corican Hall show on December 1st. We are TJPW. That show will kick off Hyper Masao and Mihiro Kiryu versus Yuki Aino and Raku. Juria Nagano, Shino Suzuki. Oh, Shino. Sorry. I was thinking oh, yeah. about Viva oh, Bam again. Uh, uh, and Haru 
Kazushiro will take on Kaya Toribami, Toga, and Runa Okubo. Yuki Kamafuku will go one-on-one with the visiting Viva Van. The next generation tournament uh, will come to an end. The final Himawari will take on Wakana Uihara. The princess tag team titles will be on the line. The people's voices have been heard. The champions free Wi-Fi, Hikari, Noah, and now Kakuda will face off against the imposing Palm Paler duo of Max the Impaler and Palm Harajuku. Kelly, do we see new tag champions? I don't think we do because I'm thinking they're going to want to avoid another double champion situation. But man, we can dream. This is this is a match of the year contender right there. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm very excited. I have a feeling the crowd is going to be hot for that one. Oh yeah. Absolutely. And then the main event of the show is a 10th anniversary special 10-woman tag match. Miyu Yamashita, Shoko Nakajima, Yuka Sakazaki, Rika Tatsumi, and Mizuki will take on Miyu Watanabe, Yuki Arai, Suzume, Moka Miyamoto, and Arisu Endo. That is a match I'm very excited for. It gives me a lot of thoughts of some of the classic Dragon Gate veteran versus rookie matches they've had over the years and how good some of those have been. And I think this one could be very good. Yeah, I'm super excited for this generational clash. Baseball fans, are you excited for the upcoming season? I know I am. It is time to gear up and show your team spirit with MLB Shop, the official online store of Major League Baseball. Find the latest jerseys, hats, apparel, and collectibles for all 30 MLB teams at MLB Shop. Represent your favorite players, your hometown team, or relive classic moments with exclusive throwback gear. Gear up for the season at MLB Shop. Whether you're cheering from the stands or watching at home, show your love for the game with official MLB merchandise. Make sure you use our exclusive link, voicesofwrestling.com slash Shop. To help support the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. Again, that's voicesofwrestling.com slash MLB shop. You'll pay the exact same price, the exact same items. Everything is exactly the same about your shopping experience, but a small percentage of every sale comes back to us. So again, it's voicesofwrestling.com slash MLB shop, the official online store of Major League Baseball. And then on December 6th will be the Yuka Sakazaki graduation special. It will be her final show in Tokyo Joshi, at least for the time being. Nothing announced for that show yet, except Yuka Sakazaki will be in a singles match against a mystery opponent. So we will have to wait and see what happens there, but should be a good one. And a big graduation for Tokyo Joshi as well. Elsewhere, Wave, as I mentioned, the tournaments. uh, The Regina DeWave tournament will come to the finals as Yuki Miyazaki will take on Ayame Sasamura. 
and Itsuki Aoki and Kudo Hadako will put their tag titles on the line against Saki and Risa Sarah. That show happening on the usual first of the month wave show on December 1st. So that is everything that is happening. Next time we come to you, I'm happy to say it will be our Joshi year in review show. Our classic year in review show. We'll be talking all the awards, matches of the year, all that good stuff. And I am happy to say after I thought of it last episode, we will be doing at least Kelly and I will be doing the Joshi fantasy league. I have been prepping the rules and regulations for the Joshi fantasy league, which I will announce next episode. We will draft our picks and we will track them throughout 2024 to see whether who's smarter, me or Kelly, Uh, (laughs) because that is what it will determine. Uh, yep. Picking Joshi wrestlers. Uh, so that is coming up. Kelly, do you have anything to say? I realized after we stopped recording last episode that I very rudely did not give you your usual um, final thoughts segment. So I wanted to make sure to turn the floor over to you at the end of the episode for that. I feel like I really should have prepared something outrageous to talk about now then. Um, oh, what, what do we got? I, I, I'm very excited. Uh, in As we're recording, two days from now, I'll be able to see Godzilla Minus One, which is the new Godzilla movie, and I am so excited. And I cannot wait. Just two days. That's going to be a great, great time. Uh, I did watch an interesting movie. I know we've talked about uh, them before, but uh, Vinegar Syndrome put out a Australian movie that is a mockumentary about this Japanese show called Top Knot Detective. And this documentary seems so real. You forget half the time you're watching it that this show never existed and none of these people are real. <laughs> It's a very fun documentary, fake documentary. They even shot a lot of footage that looks as though it's from like an late 80s, early 90s Japanese TV show. Uh, just about a wacky samurai detective. So that is definitely worth a watch if any of that sounds interesting at all to you. Uh, what else? What else we got? Uh, the Curse. Have you watched The Curse at all? I am, um, well, I believe I'm one. Did they have an episode on Friday? I guess they did. Someone was telling me about it, and I didn't realize that was going to happen. I thought they dropped it early on Thursday. (laughs) I was watching, well, I have seen the first two episodes of The Curse. Same. Yes. yes. Uh, Pretty strange. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. Just... The scene with the guy talking about his DUI was one of the most uncomfortable <laughs> moments on TV I've ever seen. Uh, certainly a, a very specific energy. I had someone be like, should I watch it? And I was sort of like, did you like these three things? 
And they were like, no. I think they said no to all three. And I was like, yep, don't watch it. <laughs> I was like, that's easy. Um, yeah, but that's there's one I have seen, The Curse. Nice. Well, uh, what that... else? What else? What, what other TV are you watching? What, let's let's do a t- quick TV wrap up. What you are you, what do are you watching? TV. I've been watching. Have you watched the Scott Pilgrim? Yes, um, I did watch it. Cartoon. Very interesting. I won't say more than that, but um, and I haven't finished. I'm only a couple episodes in, but very interesting. I'll say that. Yes, I thought it wrapped up really well. I I enjoyed the last couple episodes quite a bit. Uh, it feels similar to the rebuild of Evangelion movies. Sure. <laughs> now we're now we're back in my territory of things I haven't seen. <laughs> oh, and I've well, been watching the Monarch Show on Apple Plus, and that is perfectly fine. And like. All of the MonsterVerse movies is really only good when the monsters are on the screen. Well, I will cut in to say this: if you're listen, if you've listened at this to this moment in time on the episode, you are a super fan. So I will say that this week uh, we switched our podcast host, not by choice. We were forced to switch. So if you have any notes on the recording, if it sounds very strange, if something happens in the middle of it, let us know because uh, we don't want that to happen. And we're using a new thing that we've never used before. So if something goes wrong, uh, we'll fix it next time. Yeah. Yeah, we get we, uh, we were kind of thrown into just, oh, well, this is a different thing we have to do now because... I mentioned this, like, I we I know we talked about this. I don't remember if we talked about it on the show or not. It's weirdly harder to podcast now than it was, like, 10 years ago. Yeah, there's too much. Um, I just want a place that's going to record my voice and then give me that file. That's all I want. Yeah. There's a lot of, like, I don't know, a lot of weird, like, I don't need all this stuff about being able to edit on the fly and all of this garbage. I just want a recording. Exactly. But anyway, that is all for us for this episode. As I mentioned, next episode, we will be back with our year in review show. So until then, for Kelly, I am Taylor saying farewell and talk to you next time. Uh, Paul Paul says goodbye too. I uh, hope you guys all have a good time, and I'm gonna learn more about Joshi. And that Julia girl sounds pretty cool, so maybe I'll invite her over to the performance center so she can tear her quads. Hey kids, do you like wrestling? Well, we like wrestling too. We are Shake Them Ropes here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Myself and Chris Novembrino kind of doing a lazy river of wrestling criticism, going through the news and whatever happened in stateside television wrestling. And also, you know what? Sometimes we just like to watch old stuff and talk about that too. Love for you to give us a listen. If you haven't already, we are Shake Them Ropes here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network.